I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, April 25, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. On the surface, to most unassuming people out there, it may look like not much happened today. However, I happen to have a laundry list of stuff I think are important to the market. So we're going to go through the entire list because we're starting to put together the pieces to the puzzle. Everybody needs to understand what's going on. The market did something today that we talked about last night. It did exactly what we talked about last night. So as far as I'm concerned, the market is acting or the market is showing normal, common, garden variety market behavior. And that's the way I view it. We have a couple of important earnings after the bell. We had a couple of important earnings today. We have a couple of big stocks on the move. I think it's important because these are the type of stocks that give us indicators of what's going on into the future. We've got a lot of stuff. So before we really get on a roll, let me just pause here and thank everybody for participating and making comments underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. If it's worthy, and only if it's worthy, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Back to business. I don't necessarily have everything or anything in a specific order, so it's going to be a hodgepodge of stuff, but when we throw it all in the pot, I think what comes out the other end will be something useful. As good of a place as any is, let's just start with the daily chart. Did anything happen on the daily chart today? No, absolutely not. The market went down a little bit early in the day. We'll get to that later. But at the end of the day, nothing happened. The market remains in an uptrend. Anything that happened intraday was only intraday and not necessarily important to this chart on this particular vehicle. Keep in mind, sometimes in order to find out what's going on, we have to look elsewhere. We have to look where nobody else is paying attention. We'll get to that later. Here's an intraday 10-minute chart. There's a couple of different things I want to point out. First, let's start all the way to the right. And I want to point out that, once again, at the end of the day, they killed the market for no reason at all. Well, there's always a reason, but I'm just using that mainly because it just rolled off my tongue. But a sell in the last candle of the day, and you can see here today it was about 3.8 million shares. Yesterday it was slightly higher. That's not necessarily good news. It could be the trick, trap, full, and frustrate crew. Keep in mind, we have companies reporting earnings after the bell today. We have more companies reporting earnings before the opening bell tomorrow. What else is on the docket tomorrow? GDP. We have the phony or made-up GDP number released at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So the markets will respond to the release of the GDP number. Whatever the expectations are, whatever the number is, I really don't have a clue. But what I do know is at 8.30 in the morning, if you're watching the futures, expect them to begin whipping around. Now, 
if they pick a direction and they start trending in that direction toward the opening bell, that's likely going to be the direction for the day. Doesn't have to work out that way, but it can work out that way. It's just something to be aware of. But wait, there's more. Let's look at both the bull and the bear case, having GDP in mind and all the earnings that are sprinkled around the market. While we do that, let's look at a different chart. Here's a 120-minute chart. Now, if you recall from yesterday's video, we discussed the fact that the market was in essentially a bull flag pattern. High risk, high reward. If it's going to break to the upside, the bull flag pattern plays out usually pretty clean and nice. The problem is that it's still technically a bullish pattern as long as price stays above the low of the breakup candle. We looked at the 120-minute chart, and then we also looked at a 240-minute chart, and it's basically the same thing. The 240-minute chart is a bigger time frame, so it's a tighter wound bull flag pattern. You could see what happened today. The market ran down to stop in for a cup of coffee down at the breakup candle low and basically was met with a bunch of bulls or a bunch of buyers that kicked them in the butt and said, get out of here, and they ran away pretty quickly. When you go back to the intraday 10-minute chart, that's what you see here. This is the low being put in, and they ran out of there pretty quickly. That's a bullish sign, not a bearish sign. We talk about that all the time. What we say is, if they're hanging around down there, that's not good for the bulls. If they're rejected at the breakup candle low or vice versa, the breakdown candle high, if they're rejected quickly, in this case, that was a bullish sign early in the day. Has not much to do with what happened at the end of the day, but the point is this. We discuss breakup candle lows all the time. And obviously, flip it around, breakdown candle highs. The first time is your best time. We don't like sloppy seconds. Back to the 120-minute chart, and you can see here, if I just move the chart over, it was this candle here we're referring to. The low was 290.73. The low of this candle is 290.42. So while it didn't necessarily go to or even spike through the low, it did pretty much what we discussed yesterday. We discussed where the 20-period moving average was on this chart. We also discussed where the 20-period moving average was on this chart. We also took a look at this area here, and we noted that the market thought that that price area was important, which means that we began to build a case why the market would generally find support for a number of reasons if it approached near the breakup candle low. All that stuff took place today, and we basically finished very close to where we left off yesterday. As far as the 240-minute chart goes, we're still in a bull flag pattern. But here's the deal. If we come down again toward the low of the breakup candle, is that a trade we want a second time? And the answer is not necessarily. Might work, but we don't want it. It doesn't have the same type of probability. We don't want the sloppy seconds. So here's the way you look at it. We always want trades close to risk. The risk was we closed below the low of the breakup candle. We could have gone over to a different time frame not having to use a 240-minute chart because it's the same low that's going to show up on various charts. 
So we know where we're wrong, and if the market was actually going lower and began closing below that price level, we would have had to move out of the trade understanding that we would have been wrong, but it would have also been very close to risk. What's the other side of that? You buy the market close to risk, or I really should phrase it, you enter the trade close to risk, and here's what happens. It feels wrong at the time, and you're rewarded more than you're wrong. That's just the way it works. We point it out all the time. Traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader understand this. They've seen this. They've seen a lot more than this. They understand how to put all the pieces together. They understand what they're looking for and what really does increase the probabilities of a trade. How you put the trade together, where risk is, and how you put it all into a neat little package. Back to the daily chart. Let's discuss both sides of the equation. We have GDP tomorrow at 8.30. Maybe the market reacts big, maybe it doesn't, but let's be prepared if it does. Let's say it spikes higher. Well, there's your melt-up, and we go to some of the important numbers that inside the numbers members are privy to each and every morning. We're nearing the all-time highs in the SPY, so inside the numbers members have numbers that are higher than the all-time highs. And yes, in between where we are and 297. If they go in the other direction and they begin to go down toward today's lows, we don't want to see the market to begin closing hourly below today's lows. That would be negative. That would bring a different equation onto the page. How do we look at that? I'll give you this clue. Under normal garden variety market conditions, this particular bull flag pattern would release the energy built up that's wound up in here to the upside. If this fails and we close below the low of this breakup candle, that same energy is then released in the other direction. We'll leave it at that. And by the way, just to make mention, when the market, whether it's a stock or the spider or the cues or any market, it doesn't really matter. It's a market that you happen to be involved in. When a market does something like this, does a bull flag pattern, consolidates day after day or candle after candle, just going back and forth. Unless you're privy to what it's actually doing, unless you understand how the market really works, everything that's taught and explained in detail, peeled back the onion and everything in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, unless you recognize what's actually going on, this can also be viewed as torture. Here's a five-minute chart. Here's what a trader sees that's not really understanding the bigger picture. Here's a trader that's getting chopped around while the market goes back and forth. Not that it can't be traded. It can and has been traded. The question is, how many are trading it successfully? I don't know the answer to that. I hope many. I know we have many here that are trading it successfully. What's doing over in Camp IWM? Basically, the IWM did the same thing that the SPY did. This one tested its breakup candle low. That number happens to be, let's just use real numbers, the low here is 155.36, and the low today happened to be 155.47. So it came within pennies of its breakup candle low and had a nice rally off those morning lows. 
So today, it's still viewed as relatively bullish. Again, above all the moving averages, there's nothing technically wrong with this market. If we go down there again tomorrow and hang out down there, not the same picture if we stay down there. The IWM will likely follow suit with whichever the market does after the GDP phony announcement. Let's check in at some of the companies that have reported earnings after the bell. How about Amazon? Almost got up here to 2000 It's up a little bit, but not enough to really make an impact on markets just yet. It's up a little bit, but for Amazon, $20 is $0.20, $0.30 cents for any other stock. How about Intel? A little bit of a different picture going on with Intel, down 5 bucks, 8%. It's getting hit pretty hard after the closing bell. Here's the daily chart. Let's put in perspective what happened to Intel after they reported earnings. We closed the day at 57.61. Number one, there's likely a trade tomorrow in Intel, either on the stocks on the move list or the morning gap trade list. Either way, it doesn't matter. There's likely a trade coming in Intel. Trading currently, as I make this video, at $53.60 or 70 cents, so that really puts it all the way down in here. So Intel getting smoked after the closing bell. But here's what we want to recognize. When a big company like Intel gets smoked, it's one thing. But when several big companies get smoked, it's something else. So we want to take notice what's going on under the covers of the market. All the things that nobody really puts the puzzle together. They just hear one thing hear another but when you put it all together you say hey what's really going on out there what is the health of the market so I'm talking about Intel right now we had another smash right through a trap door directly to the back of the shed shot twice left for dead this is a Dow component this is an index component this is an indicator of what's under the covers 3M Intel you don't want to see liquidation sales in the big fan favorite names. That's not healthy for the market. That doesn't jive with an index going straight up to the moon. These are clues. These are puzzle pieces. These are on the table. There are others, but we want to get to something else. Let's check out what's going on down at the transportation department. This is... The canary in the coal mine. This always is the canary in the coal mine. We've been talking about it for years. If you've been with me for a long, long time, you know that the transports always are the canary in the coal mine. That's a reversal. We're going to walk through something that we did a few days ago. You can go back to the videotape and check it out. But let's go to the weekly chart. And take a look at a couple of things, but before we do, let me just make mention, nothing happened to the daily trend. It's still up. We're still above all the moving averages. However, the transport's down 253 points today, over 2%, when the S&P cash index was flat. The Dow was down one half of 1%, mainly on the back of 3M and 3M only. I think 3M actually accounted for more points than the Dow was actually down. 
I'm not sure of that, but either way, it doesn't matter. That puts the Dow flat, and that's the reason we don't like the Dow. It's similar to the Qs. It's just weighted, or misweighted, I should say, because it's 30 stocks that are price-weighted. So you get a stock like 3M with a big move, and it skews the Dow for the day. So it's not a good indicator of the breadth of the market. And then you had the NASDAQ that was up two-tenths of one percent. So you get no indication of anything until you look under the hood to see what's really going on. So let's focus for a second on the transports. Here's the weekly chart. Now, the other day, we talked about two important things. We talked about two breakdown candle highs. We talked about one over here, and we achieved that. And then we talked about another one that was close by, even though it looked like we might be breaking out. While we didn't quite get there, we made an attempt, and look what's going on. It will be very, very interesting to see the weekly close on the transports. That would be tomorrow, meaning Friday, April 26th, the close. Ultimately, all the markets are going to trade together, but they all don't have to turn exactly at the same time. We talked about that yesterday. We talked about that two or 300 other times. All that being said, keep in mind that the transports will come into what we'll call chart support here on the daily chart right here. You're going to have support at around 10,600, even if they get to 10,600. After coming from where they were, if they got there rather quickly, you're going to find support right where they broke out from. What do these markets and charts like to do? They like to come back and test former breakout or former breakdown areas. That 10,600, give or take, area is a former breakout area they'll likely stop in for at least lunch. What makes this a fake out? What makes the transports continue going higher? Well, above today's high, that's it. You close hourly and then daily above today's high and the whole reversal thing is out the window back to the drawing board. But right now, canary in the coal mine. Tech guys out in Silicon Valley, anything going on out there? Nothing other than the fact that we're way overextended. So if the markets turn, when the markets turn, everybody will run for the exit at the same time. And your Apples, your Amazons, your Netflixes, all of the names we know, the fan favorites, and the cues will come down. Right now, they're in an uptrend and there's nothing you can do about it until we have some kind of bona fide reversal in front of us. But we have nothing of the sort. This is a grind higher. It's a creeping market. There's not a lot we can do with the creeping market. There will be a spark. It's just not here yet. The spark might send it up first. We don't know, but right now it's in an uptrend, so there's nothing that we'll do with it. The financials. Are the financials telling us anything? No, not like the transports were. The financials are still going sideways, similar to the bull flag pattern that we discussed in the S&P or the spider chart. Not quite the same, but nevertheless, we have an uptrend, a bullish market. The XLF is above all the moving averages. There's technically nothing wrong with this market. How about the SMH, the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index? Similar to the transports, I find this intriguing. So when you look under the covers, we find the transports, which are certainly used as a leading indication of the U.S. economy or even the global economy, my second favorite market leading indicator. 
And then you have the SMH, which has long been used as an indicator of the health of the tech sector. That's not my rule. That's just the general market technician rule. We're starting to see divergences. We have to pay attention. Remember, it's hard to kill a bull. It may roll over in one day, and it may take several days for it to develop. We may have something that's very stark in front of us, like a gap in crap, or we may have something else. We may wake up to a big gap down one day. We don't know exactly what the variety is going to be. We may have a continued melt-up. Remember, technically, there's nothing wrong with the market, but we're beginning to see divergences develop. Keep in mind, with the divergences is this. The transports and the SMH were strongly in an uptrend. You have to realize that they may be just coming back down to a former breakout area and they may start going sideways or even go back up while the market finishes its melt up if that's what's going to happen. Again, just looking at it from a variety of different angles. You're inside my head. Wear a hard hat. It's a dangerous place to be. I'm doing a data dump. I don't know exactly everything I'm going to discuss every single day. It's a framework with some, we'll call them, ever-developing thoughts. You're essentially hearing what I'm seeing. And with that, I'm going to give it a wrap. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.